Coming up on Studios America, the Joe Rogan situation continues to heat up. We'll talk with Jason Buttrell about that. Are we on the cusp of the return of Andrew Cuomo? I hope not, because I will drink myself to death. Don't miss out on the conservative content the media doesn't want you to hear. Get 10 bucks off a Blaze TV subscription by using the promo code STU at blazetv.com slash STU. And the Spotify debacle with Joe Rogan is indicative of a much larger and much more terrifying point. I'll fill you in on how they're trying to silence our voices as we do the Rogan escalation. Stu does America. Oh my gosh, there's so much to go over from just a couple of days uh, with no time to talk about Joe Rogan. So let's just dive right into it. Um, We all know what was going on with Joe Rogan. First, it was a COVID situation. He was bringing on too many doctors that said things that were not not approved. He had a bunch of episodes pulled off of Spotify. And he made a sort of kind of an apology and appeal to people to be sensible. And he said, look, you know, I'll try to bring on other voices and I'll try to do my best. I'll, I'll try to do better. We all know, unfortunately, as conservatives, we know how this ends, right? They're going to keep coming after him. And when they see a sign of weakness, they just continue to come because none of them care about what he's saying. This is all just a game to people. Um, But they play the game with other people's livelihood so they can enrich themselves. And we'll get into that here in a couple of seconds. Uh, Then a new a tweet was put out of a compilation of Joe Rogan completely out of context saying the N word over and over again. Let me give you a taste of it. You know, Saying, yeah. saying the word I, you've already said D is just like saying she's calling you a it's like this boy that he's a and starts calling them word there should be a word like especially like the word that's our he says guy and then starts saying about use out the word you got the point. Okay, so lots of bleeps, lots of N-words. Totally, I mean, not even attempting to give the context of what he's saying. You could tell a few times he's talking about it, you know, not even, it's not, not like a joke or a quote even. It's just arguing that, you know, there, that word is a bad word um, and you shouldn't say it. But he, instead of saying the N-word like uh, real adults would, he, um, he says the actual word. So Spotify, of course, had to address this. You can see Spotify going down this typical corporate road in mid-folding uh, as we speak right now. Spotify team, there are no words I can say to adequately convey how deeply sorry I am for the way the Joe Rogan experience controversy continues to impact each of you. Not only are some of Joe Rogan's comments incredibly hurtful, I want to make clear that they do not represent the values of this company. I know the situation leaves many of you feeling drained, frustrated, and unheard. I think it's important you're aware that we've had conversations with Joe and his team about some of the content in his show, including his history of using some racially insensitive language. Following these discussions and his own reflections, he chose to remove, he chose right, to remove a number of episodes from Spotify. He also issued his own apology over the weekend. All right, so obviously this just begins to escalate and escalate and escalate. Um, You know, it... It's sort of pathetic. Uh, And I want to go into a couple things that really bothered me from this statement. First of all, what is it with this language they're they're using? 
I'm so sorry you feel drained, exhausted. Are you exhausted that Joe Rogan said a word 10 years ago that you didn't hear at the time? Does that make you feel exhausted? Are you drained that in 2012 he said the actual word and saying, instead of saying the N-word in a context that was not about trying to be racist against black people, he was just talking about the word or quoting a rap lyric? Does that drain you really? I don't think so. Charles C.W. Cook uh, wrote this. He said, I want to reiterate that nobody is actually impacted by Joe Rogan's podcast. Nobody is actually drained or frustrated or unheard, nor are they hurt or damaged or bruised or wounded or pained or distressed or scarred or stricken in any way. This whole thing is a game. This is at root a power play. Eventually, the owners of universities, newspapers, art galleries, museums, streaming platforms will get wise to this and stop indulging it. Instead of saying, I am deeply sorry for how this controversy continues to impact you. They will say, we run an extremely large and extremely diverse content platform, and if you can't cope with that, this job isn't for you. You know, I, I like, that's certainly what I think should happen, and I like the optimism from Charles C.W. Cook there, but that's exactly what I thought, like, back in 2004, when they were first coming after us, um, these organizations first started popping up and coming after the radio show, I remember thinking, like, these companies are eventually just going to realize it's the same few hundred people emailing them over and over again, and this is going to go away. No, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. I don't know. Maybe I hope he's right. They really should wake up and, and acknowledge that this is nonsense. We've seen a few companies do it. We've seen uh, Coinbase do it. We've seen Substack do it. Uh, iHeart is our radio partner. They don't seem to be uh, particularly sensitive to these types of things. You like those voices of free speech, but there are few and far between. Um, so, uh, Joe Rogan, of course, got this pressure. Uh, I mentioned his apology. Let me give you a little taste of that. I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast and it's all smushed together and it looks horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the N word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. I mean, I, I, you've got a feel for Joe Rogan here, I think, because he's, you know, he's not used to this. You know, he's been on the left mo mostly and has not had to deal with this type of stuff. You know, uh, no one, none of these people care whether he's being sincere there. Obviously, you know, look, it's been a long time since people were just using the N-word in a racially insensitive uh, way on the air. Like, that just, I mean, I don't know what year that stopped, but it was a long time ago before I got into media. Uh, people just weren't doing that. The only time I've ever heard it used on the air, and really any way, is other than like a rapper using it, because I guess one race is allowed to use it and, and the others isn't. Are uh, cultural conversations like that one? Why would one race be allowed to use a word and others would not? Uh, or a quote. 
You know, no one is out there using it that way at this point. It's been that's long dead, thankfully, by the way. I'm glad that's dead. Um, Andrew Yang uh, came out and tweeted something, um, uh, I guess, controversial. He said, I don't think Joe Rogan is a racist. The man interacts with works with black people literally all the time. Of course, that's true. But then he deleted it because he got people yelling at him. The Rock we talked to you about last week. The Rock came out and said, hey, Joe Rogan, like, good, good job on the COVID thing. Like, I'm glad you explained yourself. No worries. I can't wait to have some tequila, tequila with you. And then someone gave him that video that we showed you was just just literally him saying the N word over and over again, completely out of context. And he said he now had a fuller understanding of the narrative of Joe Rogan and now thinks he's a bad guy. How could you have a fuller understanding from words that were completely ripped from their context? It makes absolutely uh, no sense at all. And of course, we could play this game with everybody. Um, You know, Howard Stern has been very, very um, harsh on uh, the on people who do not want to get vaccinated kind of been on the other side of Joe Rogan on that one and uh, guess what you can go back and do the same thing to Howard Stern here's a taste of it and he and he wore that big hat yeah. that white guy's a big <laughs> hating hat oh. right oh. didn't know what we call those <laughs> hating hats yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced that a lot of cowboys I'm not saying he hated black people punching hat yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like those hats are like you know I hate I hate that, uh, by the way, is a clip from a 17-minute montage of Howard Stern using the N-word. How about uh, the Young Turks, a left-wing uh, podcast uh, that uh, had tens of millions of dollars in funding uh, dumped into it. Uh, here is uh, the, uh, the wonderful show from the Young Turks uh, using the N-word over and over again. I apologize. I know these are like difficult words to hear, but words like and you are why I lost my job. He only shot Run, run. Okay, so they're like, all right. Again, you can't even get, that's plenty. You you can't even get context from these things because every freaking word is bleeped. We're just children. We're just children here. I mean, this is just pathetic. It's just pathetic. I mean, what a bizarre society does this. Um, Let me give you this one, too. Uh, This one you may recognize of, you know, this is an old, old clip of Joe Biden when he's only like 85 years old that important legislators and legislators in defeating the Nunez plan in the basement said, quote, we already have a mayor. We don't need any more big shots. Mm, N word from Joe Biden. Let's cancel him. Look, you could do this to anybody, I suppose, if you go back long enough. I mean, for someone like Joe Biden, this guy basically like invented the N word. He's been around so long. Uh, But, you know, you could take people out of context and this dumb thing. and, and, And Joe Rogan plays into it here that it doesn't matter what your intent is. It doesn't matter what your motivation is when you use that word. I reject that uh, right off the bat. Um, it does matter. In fact, your motivation, your intent is all that matters. If you are using it in a quote, if you're quoting someone accurately, or, I mean, the New York Times writes that word in their paper all the time. Are we going to say that they shouldn't write it when they're writing it with a quote? Of course they should write it. You, it we're supposed to be adults. We've turned this word into magic. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre, bizarre thing. And like, if motivation doesn't matter, why isn't like Leonardo DiCaprio getting canceled? Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't know if you've ever seen Django Unchained, but he uses the N-word about 65,000 times in that movie. 
And you might say, well, he's just playing a role. So he's using the N-word just for entertainment, and that's okay? It's not okay for Joe Rogan to use it in a context of saying it's a bad thing. But it's okay for Leonardo DiCaprio to take on a historical ro- role and use it not, you know, nonsensically over and over and over again to obvious extremes? For just for the, the, the shock impact, that's okay. He's totally fine in this. Why would anyone be able to use it in any of these movies? Why would we be able to read it in historical documents? It's just like it, only children think this way. There is obviously a, a vast amount of importance that should be placed on motivation or intent. That is how you realize whether someone is using this in a way where it's racist or it's just discussing something. It could be something very much opposed to racism. We should never use that word. Um, So I don't understand why it goes down that that road. But I don't know. I mean, you know, people are I think because they put one hundred million dollars into Joe Rogan, people think, well, he's going to be fine. You know, Neil Young pulling his music. Who cares? And it's true. If it stays at this level, Joe Rogan will survive this. But it's not going to stay at this level. They're going to keep coming. You know, we've been talking about this since the beginning. I think the most likely outcome of all of this is that Joe Rogan gets dumped out of that contract. And they and then they they're at law. They're at a big lawsuit to try to see how much of the money they're going to have to pay him. You know, I, I don't think it's 100 percent, but I do think it's the most likely outcome here, which is incredible. It really is incredible. Um, and I, you know, it's, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. He got a $100 million offer from um, Rumble today to come over and do his shows there. I don't know if that's going to lead to anything. But already, the protection racket is, is you, know, veer, you know, is veering into the insanity levels. Spotify announced today they're going to dump $100 million into new diverse programming, which will guaranteed be like Ibram Kendi's freaking talk show that they're going to give him when that, no one's going to listen to. But again, this is a racket. It's a protection racket. They're threatening Spotify. They're, they're holding their multi-billion dollar company hostage so that they can extract money and power out of it. That's what they're doing, and that's what they always do. These organizations have had the same approach for a million years. Now, it started with COVID, with Joe Rogan. Now it went to his racism, and he said uh, the N-word. Now it's going to his anti-trans comments, and there's um, anti-trans compilations coming out on Joe Rogan. They're not going to stop. And here's the thing. The reason why they're not going to stop is not because of Joe Rogan. I think a lot of people, I've, heard, I've listened to a little bit of analysis on this, even from conservative circles, where they say, well, what they want, the goal here is to get Joe Rogan fired. I don't think that's the goal here at all. That's, uh, to me, that's thinking way too small. The goal is nothing, it has nothing to do with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is not even a conservative. He's a leftist on almost every issue. Um, he is, uh, he's kind of a naturalist in a way. So some of his views sort of align with the current kind of strain of conservatism that's going on, especially through COVID where, you know, like Joe Rogan's the type of guy that's going to be like, well, of course you can smoke pot. It's a plant. Okay. You know, that's a view. You know, some people really like that stuff. Um, and, and he see, he seems to be skeptical of a lot of uh, modern medicine, a lot of medical treatments, and that's totally fine. It's been something that's been around for a million different years. Joe Rogan has said over and over again that people who are vulnerable should get vaccinated. So it's impossible to say that he's anti-vaccine, but even the anti-vaccine movement has been around for a really long time. I mean, you know, Jenny McCarthy, Jim Carrey, RFK Jr. These people have been around on the left for a zillion years saying these things. And 
we all just sort of like tolerated it, right? Like, hey, they might have different views than us, or maybe they have the same views as some people, but so what? Let them say what they want. If you think they're crazy, don't do what they're saying. Like, this is how America is supposed to operate, and it's crazy. But it's not how it's supposed to operate if you're a leftist. Continually, conservatives make the same argument. I've even made it before. Look, you don't want to listen to Joe Rogan, turn him off. You want to listen to Glenn Beck, turn him off. You don't want to listen to Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Dave Rubin, Stephen Crowder, Chad Prather, turn him off. And that's fine if what people cared about was their own listening experience, but they don't care about that. They're already turning those shows off. They already have never listened to an episode of Glenn Beck or Joe Rogan. That's already going on. They're not changing their behavior to turn those shows off. They already don't listen to them. The problem is they are smarter than you. They are the elites. They are smarter than you. They know what you should hear and what you shouldn't hear. They are trying to impact your experience. They don't care about their experience. Their experience already doesn't include a diet of Joe Rogan or Glenn Beck. They want you to have no ability to listen to those people because they want them eliminated eliminated from society. And bigger than just Joe Rogan here. Because what this has done, and this is already done, this is not, we don't have to wait to see if Joe Rogan gets fired. This part of it is already done. What it's done is they signed Joe Rogan to a $100 million contract and said, you know what? This guy thinks a little differently. He's got a totally different audience. They're, they're passionate. You know, they're not exactly maybe aligned with a Swedish music company's uh, tech company um, uh, and their, uh, their values. But you know what? He's got a great audience and he brings people in and he's different and we like him. And so we're going to give him a bunch of money. And that happened. And now that decision is causing all sorts of nightmares for Spotify. And what it's done already is if there was a group of people inside of Spotify saying, hey, maybe we should bring in a diverse group of people. Maybe we should bring in some conservatives here. We can have the best conservative podcast, the best liberal podcast. They can all live under our same roof. Those people now will not get a hearing inside the company. They will say, well, we can't hire whatever, Glenn Beck or Mark Levin or Sean Hannity or Steven Crowder. Why? Because those people will get in trouble with the same people. Remember what happened with Rogan? And then those people who uh, already have different views are going to step back and say, wait a minute. Look what happened with Rogan. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Maybe we shouldn't interview this guy. Maybe we should step away. They're going to self-censor. So you'll have Spotify not hiring people they would have hired previously. And you have hosts who have controversial uh, uh, guests or opinions. And they won't say them because they're going to self-censor. All of this adds into a very toxic way of, of, of having a discourse. The whole point of uh, the United States of America is we're supposed to have an open conversation so we can come to the best ideas. That's what federalism is about between the states. Uh, that's, what we're, that's, what, that's how they plan this country out in the pubs. They came in, they argued about stuff. They wrote it down on paper. They scratched it out. They redid it over and over again because they had different views and they tried to come to the best consensus they possibly could. But the left doesn't want that. They want the consensus of their own thought and no one else influencing anyone. They're never going to get there, but they're going to do everything they can. They're going to ruin lives and destroy people's livelihoods along the way. Joe Rogan, whether he stays or leaves, is already um, a victim in this and already part of victimizing tons of other people because the left will do this without any conscience. They just don't care. So apologizing to them and trying to say that you'll do better is of no value. 
They don't care about it. They don't mean it. They don't want you to be better. They want their money and they want their power. Do you love wine? You probably do. If you do, try First Leaf Wine Club. Why? Well, they're going to remove all the guest work uh, from you know, finding new wines. I think a lot of people get in a little bit of a rut with this stuff. They go to the, you know, the, the store. They pick up the same kind of two or three bottles. They rotate them. You know, they're not going to try you know, one of 10,000 wines uh, that are out there that they don't know about. Well, First Leaf winemakers do sample 10,000 wines a year across five continents and 12 countries. And they select only the best bottles for the club. Uh, They create a custom wine print for each uh, member, kind of like a fingerprint for wine, uh, where they they map out throughout their entire portfolio what kind of fits with your the things that you like? You give them three or four that you like, the flavors you like, the vibe that you like, and in a quick like five minute quiz. And when you're done, they're going to personalize a box of wine coming to you. Not boxed wine. It comes in a box. Nice little bottles. Uh, more wines you rate, the more each shipment is personalized to your taste. There's no contracts. There's no cancellation fees. If you're not happy with a, a, a wine that you receive, First Leaf will give you a credit towards your next shipment. Uh, try it today. Um, you can get six bottles of wine for $29.95. Five bucks a bottle, guys. Uh, free shipping as well. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Six bottles of wine, $29.95. Right now, free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Joined once again by Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck, uh, right here at Blaze TV. Jason, how's it going? Hey, good. We just went over some of the Joe Rogan stuff, and I know you kind of looked into... There's been this sort of like rumored real political operation behind all of this. First of all, is that real and, and how should we think about it? Totally grassroots, um, which when, <laughs> yeah. when the left says it's grassroots, it's mm-hmm. actually a well-funded machine mm-hmm. with connections all the way to the top every single time. And uh, yeah, this was interesting. I remember looking at this, been looking at it over for the past few days, as I'm sure you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the classic typical left-wing takedown of someone that they don't like, which is hilarious because <clears throat> it's such, it's such, it, it kind of reminds me of this whole thing of the Brett Kavanaugh thing. It's like they just went after Brett Kavanaugh because, you know, it was a Trump appointee, even though all of them knew that he wasn't conservative. Mm-hmm. It was a status quo pick, you know, like there was no reason for them to fight him. Joe Rogan is basically one of them. If they all got together and said, hey, what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? They'd all be in agreement probably 90% of the time. Yeah. It's just on a certain few things, Rogan is very, very sane. And he likes to, you know, initiate conversation, which to them is very dangerous. But, I mean, you guys were doing the same thing, uh, you and Glenn, you know, back 2008, you know, in those next few years. And I don't know, like, you guys might be the OGs of seeing this happen. Was it probably the first time, right? But I I studied that in depth, you know, like Media Matters, you know, came out of, you know, the woodwork, uh, David Brock, Mm -hmm. um, you know, going after you guys, taking little bitty snippets, little bitty clips, whether it's in a speech or in a show, and then blowing it out of proportion, blasting it all over social media, hand delivering that um, to uh, media outlets, you know, like the Times, Post, all of them. And then they would just run whatever Media Matters said and amplify it and make it look worse. Mm -hmm. So that's their playbook. And now it's funny, people like David Brock and Media Matters, they don't have the monopoly on that anymore. Like, I guess they had the capability, they had the funding. But now you can be three brothers, you know, that apparently love to watch Step Brothers, 
Um, <laughs> you know, that they, they can do this from their house. So t- t- what, tell me about these three brothers, because the stepbrothers thing is actually interesting. They named one of their companies after a bogus business presented in the movie Step Brothers by Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, which is funny because it really is a bogus business. <laughs> yeah. so I don't know if they did that intentionally, but walk us through who are these three brothers and what are they doing? So a few days ago, uh, this uh, just Twitter account uh, called Patriot Takes, um, no one's ever heard of them, um, but Patriot Takes, they released the first you know, edited video mm-hmm. of Joe Rogan talking about this. And I don't know how much you want to go into that or if you just did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I want, we, we didn't focus too much on this in the monologue. I, I, I don't, the structure of it is interesting. The, 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 the tactics are identical to what they've been doing for a long time. But can you kind of break down the structure a little bit? Yeah, so um, of the organization? Yeah, yeah. like how did this come about? You said, you said Patriot Takes gives the first like delivery of this video. First delivery of the video, they just put it out, and then it goes gangbusters because you know they have networks of people that are going to retweet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these Twitter accounts are usually propped up by thousands of you know people out there that will right. then, you know, I mean, let's just say most of them are bots, mm-hmm. and they'll just retweet it and get it out there as, as, as much as possible. What you don't see, and what we we'll probably will find out later, is this was also being, you know, directly sent <clears throat> to people in the media, other influencers, stuff like that. That's, again, how they work. But Patriot Takes, I mean, I think they're either getting less smart or they just don't give a crap anymore. Mm. But right on their Twitter account, in the little, you know, instead of, you know, where they probably were so tempted to put their pronouns, instead of their pronouns, they put partnered with Midas Touch. Midas Touch is a super PAC, and these are the ones that I think that they're pretty much the brainchild of, uh, of, of most of what happened here. Uh, it's three brothers, um, and one of the brothers was a social media, you know, uh, director or something like that for Ellen DeGeneres, mm-hmm. the Ellen Show, and a couple of other guys. <clears throat> Basically, pretty much nobodies. Uh, but during the, the pandemic, they decided to mobilize, put their skills together, and try to influence, uh, you know, vote, the voting in Georgia. <clears throat> when I say influence, pr- legally, like, you know, but, but using right. it, at, be, operating as a super PAC mm-hmm. to get tons of money, tons of funding, putting out more memes, more videos, stuff like that, and seeing what they could change, seeing what they could do. Exact same thing happened to, uh, you know, to Joe Rogan. That video that Patriot Takes put out, Looks very similar to the things that Midas Touch was putting out uh, during the election, mm-hmm. uh, the general and you know the, uh, the presidential and the Georgia election. <clears throat> so it, it looks very much like they're the ones that were. I mean, they're they're the primary funding for this Patriot Takes count. Uh, their videos uh, have got to be what you know. I'm, I'm just speculating here, but just hand deliver it to this guy. He puts it out. Looks more grassroots. Sure. And then the cycle continues to go. <clears throat> What's interesting was we mentioned David Brock and Media Matters. I think that pe- those guys back in the day, I think, were true believers. These people now, I don't think, are true believers. Mm. I think they're just gaming the system to get money. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same as, like, Black Lives Matter. Like, yeah. I, like, yes, that they have come out and said they're trained Marxists. But, again, if you're trained Marxist and you're truly a true believer in Marxism, uh, yeah, you don't use your organization as a big slush fund to right, become right. the biggest <laughs> capitalist in the activist world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. Um, but these guys, I looked, looked back into their past. Rolling Stone, you know, one of the largest conservative journals yeah, in the country. Oh, yeah. Huge conservative journal. <laughs> like a conservative think tank yeah. at this oh, point yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Even they called them back several months ago, like a year ago or so. They called them out for like, hey, you know, like you're a super PAC, but some of your funding goes through some weird channels. 
what they noticed was there was a there was a, this this a, um, what was a prestige worldwide company mm-hmm. it was run by this guy uh, that has a direct connection to Hillary Clinton, one of her aides, of course. This is where we get to you know grassroots being not really grassroots, mm-hmm. but direct connection to her and some other Democrats. <clears throat> they uh, wired over five hundred thousand dollars to this guy. Now they've said, hey, we don't get any money from this. Uh, in the beginning, they're like, oh, we don't get any money from this. We're just doing it because you know we're just concerned citizens. They wired him over five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's very concerned. Yeah, very concerned. Mm-hmm. And then, then they said, okay, well, you know, this one guy, he's getting money. You know, one of the brothers, he's getting money for putting together some of these videos. Well, he said after questioning, again, this is from Rolling Stone's questioning. They said, okay, well, this guy that we wired the money from, he then you know took charge of the payments to pay me for direct services that I'm doing at the super PAC to make the, okay, so so basically mm. you're getting, and again, this is a little speculation here, but it seems pretty obvious that he, they're get, they're raising all this money to put towards, as super PACs do, other, you know, left-leaning causes, and then they're, he's, he's getting that money directly back into his own pockets. So fundraising, mm. then getting paid for it. This is what happens in a lot of these dark money, like, you know, shady groups. So essentially you're saying it's like, um, you know, the, these, the money is being like, um, you know, spun around really fast and washed, uh, almost like laundered <laughs> uh, in a way. Um, uh, so, uh, so it's interesting because I remember the first time we ever got hit with this. This is back, gosh, I mean, it's got to be 2004 maybe. And I remember the first report we had of like someone really coming after us. And it was because we, I, I want to say we, because we had like Colin Powell on, who was at that point, of course, and the enemy to the left. Um, now they love the guy until he passed. Um, but he, was, uh, he had come on the show. And they were, you know, went back and did this thing where they look for bad comments that Glenn had made, you know, jokes out of context, the whole shtick that they've been doing forever. Um, and really, you know, they maybe have updated a little bit, but it's the same basic playbook. And the first time it happens to you, like, you're like, holy crap, like, oh, my gosh, like people are emailing you know, our advertisers. And and it, there's a moment where you're like, uh, oh, my gosh, like these people really don't they think that we're these people that we're not. And if we just can kind of correct that. You know, they'll understand. And it, it takes you a while to, to figure out that it's not real, right? And I think Joe Rogan's going through that right now. He seems to think that he can say some rational thing that will stop this. There is no rational thing to stop this because they're not trying to be rational. They don't care whether he's racist or not. He's not, but they don't care about that. They don't care about any of this stuff. They're just trying to destroy him, not just even for him, but to destroy others who might be hired by a Spotify or might be hired by an Apple or might be hired by a Netflix, scare all these people away with different opinions, and then they don't have to... Uh, then you don't have to worry about trying to get them canceled later because they'll never get hired in the first place. Yeah, and, and the people that went after you, I, I'll give them even a, a tiny little bit, not a pass, but I'll mm-hmm. just kind of just tip my hat to them. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, and respect them for their for their dirty work because at least <laughs> I think they believed in it. Right. I do. Like I truly believe that they did not like Glenn's politics back then. Yes. So like, you know what? So I mean, they, they were true believers of the Democrat cause at the time, and they're like, "This, we're doing it for that." It was for politics. So fine. You know, it's like Bernie Sanders. Like I, I don't like the guy, but I respect him because I think he actually believes it. Mm-hmm. I don't think these this 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 new blood like these Midas touch guys. I don't think they're true believers. I literally, I think they're just doing it for the attention and for the money. I mean, could That's they be any more clear with the naming of their organizations? Midas Touch, everything they turn turns to gold. Yeah. Right? Uh, um, uh, what was it? Uh, 
Prestige Worldwide. Yeah. Prestige Worldwide, again, is a fake presentation made in the movie Step Brothers that was like a scam to elicit money from like donors. It was like, it's like legitimately <laughs> yeah. a scam in the movie and they named their business out of it. It's so ridiculous. I, I think that, so I, I think these guys are going to continue to get called out for what mm-hmm. they're doing. I don't think that will stop what's happening because I think that there's this group and then another group's going to pop up and it's been proven effective. I mean, any time the left does not, and you know, I'm sure this happens on the right too, but any time they don't like that someone's either getting the attention or someone is too effective at you know, conveying their message, they're going to do this crap. And again, it's always something taken out of context, mm-hmm. always. And then it's blasted out there so that it reaches the highest amount of you know, uh, you know, um, uh, visibility. And then eventually, like you mentioned before, they start going after advertisers. It's just the same, same type thing until they get you kicked off. In the, 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 one of the, uh, the, the worst parts of this is that for a long time, I was looking at their statements because they create a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. They created this podcast, the Midas Touch Guys, and they were like, this is going to be, and they were dead serious with this. So we weren't even hyperbolic. They're like, I can't remember the direct quote, but they were like, this is going to be the best news podcast in the entire world, which is laughable and hilarious. <laughs> but that's how much, that's how full of themselves they are. Right. They were saying these things. Now you're leading this, you know, allegedly leading this campaign to go after the top podcaster in the country. And you're both on Spotify. A little bit of a conflict of interest there, I think, but mm. it kind of—it's but it's a, a direct, you know, uh, example of what these people really believe in. Uh, let me broaden this for just one second before we we have to go. There is this weird thing that we're doing now in society, and I don't know if it's a a function of like uh, social media or you know the the current news cycle or however whatever whatever dynamic has changed. But like, if you put all of these people on the left that want to get Joe Rogan canceled in a room with Joe Rogan, they would probably agree on 85% of stuff they were discussing, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, like, I, we can even use an example on the right. Like, if we put ourselves in a room with, you know, Liz Cheney, probably 75% of the stuff we talk about, we'd be on the same side of. We'd all want lower taxes. We'd probably want a strong defense against Islamic extremism. There'd be a lot that we'd agree on. But, like, we're like, Joe Rogan, if we were to talk to... There'd be some stuff we'd agree on, but we'd actually disagree with him more often. Mm-hmm. And, and that does not seem to matter at all. It seems like we just kind of pick these stories. We pick sides on these stories and we dig in like, you know, like we've always passionately believed these things. And I just feel like it's a weird function of our politics right now. Like it's like the media like um, identifies a culture war uh, beacon we all just line, line up on one side or the other and we fight it out, whether it's the person associated with us or not, whether we're fighting for something we believe in or not. It's like these Midas Touch guys, potentially, where they're just like, it, there's, there's something else other than the ideas they're fighting for. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, there's this weird, uh, I don't know if it's social media or just how the information works in general now, where, you know, it, even if you d- would agree with somebody on a few things, it's more beneficial, I think, for, for on that side for you to eat your own if it gets more attention. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely, it makes more sense that, let's just say, the head of the CDC, you know, has some issues with Joe Rogan. It makes more sense for him to go on the podcast to clarify it, yeah. to talk through it. To say, what did you, you know, what, what what was your motivation for asking having this doctor on? Well, he'd be like, oh, he's, you know, he's one of the co-creators of the mRNA vaccine. Makes sense to me, right. you know? Yeah, totally plausible. You'd get more out of that totally. than for Jen Psaki to use her bully pulpit and say, we're asking Spotify to do more. 
you know, on this. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're urging a private company to deplatform one of their, uh, you know, one of their uh, content creators? Yeah. Like that, that's, first off, that's not your role. And second, why don't you make Joe Rogan a partner just in having, you know, in, in, in a dialogue? Right. I mean, I brought it, this up before, but like one of the first interviews I heard about COVID, I mean, it was on Joe Rogan's show, was him interviewing Michael Osterholm, who wound up being a Biden advisor later on. And they, this is before COVID even like hit the United States, really. And they were talking about it. And I just remember thinking, like, this is really interesting. Like he was asking a lot of, you know, he, I think he would admit dumb questions at the time. We didn't know a lot about COVID at that time. So a lot of people had dumb questions. He asked them. They talked through it. He brought up, you know, concerns and like they went back and forth. And it was interesting. Yeah. Like I, that was more than, you know, Michael Osterholm could probably go on TV 50 times about COVID with, you know, CNN, and I would learn nothing from it. Yeah. But, you know, it was an interesting interview. He has a way of bringing that out of people. I, and th- that's what's really crazy about it. It's so interesting, and that method is so interesting because he doesn't know about the things he's ta- he wants yeah. to talk about. He literally just wants to learn along with the audience. Right, which should be okay. But what that does is, I mean, that's enemy number one to, for the left, right? Because then you're promoting, you know, you know, self-improvement. You're mm-hmm. promoting doing your own homework, which is a dirty, you know, right. phrase, especially mm-hmm. at CNN. They don't want you to do your own homework. They don't want you to go down these lines. They don't want you asking questions. They just want you to take it from whoever has been authorized or assigned at the top. And they definitely do not want you sleeping with your underlings. That's something CNN does not want (laughs) to happen, and they want to make sure you're not doing it. Uh, Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on. Make sure to follow uh, Jason on Twitter. Thanks, Jason. You bet. Uh, do you like to have a great little snack throughout the day, maybe some point, maybe a meal replacement, maybe try to replace one meal a day? I mean, that's a great way to start. Built Bar is here to save the day because they have great flavors, something you're going to love to eat. Coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, so many more. And if you can't find a flavor right off the bat that you uh, like or you're not sure which one you're going to love, get the mix box. You get nine flavors, two of each, you get to try them. Throw them in your refrigerator, chill them a little bit, 180 calories or less, 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 net carbs. Very good for you, nice and healthy, and is going to taste delicious. Go to Built.com, use the promo code STU15, save 15% off your first order. The promo code is STU15 at Built.com. Don't miss it, Built.com, STU15 is the promo code. Well, uh, today in the world of terrible governors, uh, we should mention Andrew Cuomo is awful. It's true. He's back in the news. He's planning a comeback months after resigning amid sexual harassment claims. Too soon, Andrew. Too soon. Um, Also, any time will be too soon. One of the rumored uh, comeback attempts, by the way, is a Cuomo and Cuomo podcast. Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Together spouting their really terrible, the thing that started it all, a buddy-buddy podcast uh, about, uh, you know, lying about issues of the day will now be uh, brought to you potentially uh, soon. We'll make sure to monitor that for you. Um, But basically, he's trying to to make a comeback. He's got tons of money. You knew he wasn't going to stay down forever. I I will be surprised if he's coming back this fast. (laughs) This is pathetic. Uh, So we go from the former governor of New York to the current governor of Georgia. I'm, of course, talking about Stacey Abrams, who um, still hasn't conceded. So I consider her to be the current governor. Uh, She uh, was photographed at a school and uh, it's her with a bunch of kids and they're all masked and she's not. Now, of course, they're not at all vulnerable to covid. And of course, she is because um, obesity. 
Okay, back in a second. So you're thinking of buying a property or um, an, uh, maybe it's an investment, maybe it's uh, something you just need a change, then check out Panama. In Panama, you're already 10 times richer than you are today. Uh, now, Panama is a you know, high-income nation. It's not the dusty third world. It also has a U.S. dollar as its currency, so you know, there's a nice... Uh, like, there's a continuance of normalcy, I think, um, when it comes to Panama, as compared to the life you're used to here in the United States. Of course, uh, every dollar in your bank account in Panama is worth like 10 times as much as it is in the United States, which is kind of nice. Uh, picture how much you have in savings and multiply that number by 10. It's probably a nice number, and it will feel like that down there um, in Panama. Um, now, you can learn more about this opportunity by getting the Complete Invest and Retire in Panama series, including the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama, along with four videos, all for free. And check it out at buypanamanow.com. Whether you're looking for a vacation home, you're looking for something to just escape the craziness for a while, Whatever it is, it's 100% free. Head to buypanamanow.com slash stew. Get your copy of this information today. It's buypanamanow.com slash stew. Wherever you listen to your podcast, even Spotify. Yeah, we're there. Uh, you can check us out and follow us there. Uh, please rate and review the show. I know on Apple uh, Podcasts you can do that. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. This one comes in. This show is all right. Just listen, stupid. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. Again, we don't care what you write. We just want the five stars. Thank you so much. Also, on YouTube, you can go to youtube.com slash America. I think all the links are still up at stewdoesamerica.com if you ever want to, or ever looking for something uh, from the show that you don't know where it is. Um, and you can comment live during the show. Make sure to subscribe. Click the bell as well. We appreciate that. Brian writes, I love listening to you on Glenn Beck's program. You reel him in when necessary, which is pretty much all the time. And I love hearing you both working off of each other. My fiance doesn't like the Glenn Beck program, but she loves Stu Does America. You can tell Glenn that and get a rise out of him. Uh, that will make him very angry, and you would not like him when he's angry. Uh, MJ writes, uh, I love seeing the kids. That's right. My kids were on the show last week, a couple times. Uh, my husband agrees with you on the best game ever, Eagles fan for life. Of course, that game is the uh, Super, is Super Bowl 52, the greatest sporting event ever played. I have the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, um, and uh, I'll be out in L.A. I'll make sure to post... Uh, Let's be honest about it. I'm going to be terrible about posting pictures, but I will try to post some pictures or videos or whatever I can from the game. Uh, so check it out on my Instagram page, probably. Instagram.com uh, slash Stu Does America. Make sure to follow me there as well. Uh, we always appreciate when you do these things. It helps us uh, get the, the show out to as many people as possible. And, you know, that's what we want because we want people to uh, hear some truth every once in a while. Break up their day of constant lies with a little bit of truth. Back in a second. Okay, so here's what happened. You know Build-A-Bear? If you're a parent, you know Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear is this store in the mall, usually where you take your kids and they uh, witness a bear go through seemingly reverse surgery uh, where uh, they stuff it with things like organs and then they get sewn up on an operating table and then they can feel their heart beating until the thing, I guess, eventually stops beating and, and then, you know, it's dead. I don't know. It's, it's a long story. It takes about 45 hours to get through Build-A-Bear and it costs you three months' salary, just like a diamond ring. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, though, and I've been there many, many times with the kiddies. Um, however, it's not just for kids anymore. I mean, look. 
It's a COVID time. You get everyone's doing every, whatever they can to maximize profits or revenue. And so now Build-A-Bear has come out with an adult line, Build-A-Bear's After Dark. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say, I'm looking at these Build-A-Bears, it's not as bad as you might imagine. You know, they're like, hey, will you come out on a date with me? And like, here's some flowers and here's a bottle of wine. And uh, the one of them, you see this one right here with the heart, he's, heart pajamas, red slippers, drinking a mixed berry seltzer. That is, I mean, I'm going to sue them. That literally comes from a photo of me. They've just taken the photo and they put it on a dog and now they're selling it and not giving me any of the profits. Uh, so it's a real shame. But don't worry, there's no like, it doesn't get really weird. It could have got a lot weirder than that. So you should be thankful for that. Speaking of um, kind of weird, but could have been weirder, Glenn Beck's new book, The Great Reset, it's available now. And the audio book is out. He's finally got that thing out. Make sure you pick it up um, you can get it on uh, Audible or whatever. And their books are still on back order, but we appreciate that as well as Kindle. Whatever you can do. Glenn Beck's The Great Reset. We'll see you tomorrow.